0: It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to the Heat vs. the
2: World podcast. And now,
1: Stan! some noise for your host, Joel
0: Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Without further delay, let's meet today's correspondents. First, we got Christian.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: And last but not least, Kevin. Yo, what's good, everybody? All right, so let's begin today's episode by talking about Game 4 for the Heat as Miami gets their third win of the series with a score of 110 to eighty six. Leading the way, you got Jimmy Butler with 36 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 steals. P.J. Tucker with 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. Bam Adebayo with 14 points and 8 rebounds. Max Bruce with 12 points, 4 threes, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And Gabe Vincent with 11 points, 3 triples, 4 assists, and 3 rebounds. With Miami being one win away from advancing to the next round, what's everyone's reactions to the watching the Heat bounce back and get this win?
2: Start us off, Christian. It was a great win just to watch Miami get. You know, overall they didn't have an excellent game shooting from the field in Game Three, which is part of what contributed to the loss. But I think this game. Uh, There were a couple of things that really played into Miami's win. First off, Jimmy dropped 36, which is a great number for him. You want to see Jimmy kind of helming the offense. I remember in an interview, they asked him after he dropped the 45, uh, five and five, you know, do you think you're the best player on this team? He says, yeah, my coaches and my teammates, they'll encourage me to shoot more. And it's just great to see Jimmy take that authoritative role in the offense. Again, he was efficient from the field, 12 of 21. He shot 11 of 12 free throws. He had a great plus minus, but I actually want to highlight Max Struis' plus-minus, because I thought that was kind of funny. The fact that he shot 4-14 four from three, but he had a plus-minus of 34. So we had a great net effect on the floor. And then finally, you know, with Kyle Lowry not really getting those minutes because he's injured, we saw Victor Oladipo hit the floor. And even though he only dropped 6-8-4, and four, he had a plus-minus of 28. So both Struz and Oladipo, when they were on the floor, Miami was doing really, really great in outscoring Atlanta. It was definitely another bricklaying night for Trey – Three of 11 from the field, three of 10 from three, nine points. You know, it wasn't a great game for him. DeAndre Hunter was the only Hawk that looked like they actually knew how to play basketball. And just down the stretch, Miami was executing. You know, when Atlanta tried to make like a little comeback, Miami was just stopping them in their tracks every time. So I think Jimmy made a great effort on both the offensive and defensive end. Uh, Bam made great contributions, six of 11 from the field. Uh, His presence was definitely felt. And this was almost a momentum game for Atlanta because it was two to one. They just won game three. They just got back their big man, Clint Capella. And over the course of the NBA season, the Trey young Clint Capella combo accounted for more field goals than any other combo in the NBA. So to have that effect back, and he only played 21 minutes with only two points. That's just not what you want to see if you're Atlanta. So it was great that Miami was even able to silence Atlanta in their house on Clint Capella's comeback game. So overall, it was a great win, definitely an improvement from game three, and I could see them closing out the series coming pretty soon in the next game.
1: I agree, and what's on your mind, Kevin? Yeah, man, this was a a great, you know, team win. Um, I think Atlanta had all momentum in their favor, like Christian said, like, you know, winning game three at home, getting Clint Capella back, us not having Kyle Lowry, like, you could have made a case that, you know, Atlanta should have won this game, you know what I'm saying, and For us to come out and make a statement, like I really want to highlight Gabe Vincent because, you know, just to step into a a playoff situation. I mean, he's been doing this all season long, you know, with Kyle being out for a few games, but especially a playoff game again, where it seemed like Atlanta had all the momentum. He stepped up. I don't think he had a single turnover, if I'm not mistaken. um, And he just played hella good. You know, he took the right shots and he was poised and he played excellent defense like he's been doing, and probably, you know, it's probably the main reason why he's in the league right now, but um, again, like you mentioned, Max Struess had a really good game, um, and even when they went on that run in the second quarter, Atlanta, that is, you know, to see Jimmy Butler just completely just put his foot down and say, nah, like, I'm the best player in the series, give me the ball and get out the way, I thought that was probably my favorite part of the game, because that second quarter, man, he just took over and dominated like it was nothing, and I loved it, and then, you know, just to see everybody just contribute in different ways. You know, Caleb Martin, Um, I know we're going to talk about Victor Oladipo. That was probably my favorite, you know, part about this game was him coming in and impacting the game because I said it like the last time I was on this very show that it's going to be some situations where Spohle's going to have to play him and, you know, it showed why, you know, he's a valuable player, even though he didn't hit that many shots, you know, just him being able to get to the rim, distribute, facilitate different things like that, defend at a high level. It was super fun to watch, man. And So I just thought this was a A gritty effort, you know, Bam kind of got in a little bit of foul trouble, but he did make some big time plays um, down the stretch, especially it was just a great team win all in all. So I'm glad that we're up three one. And hopefully, you know, like Christian mentioned, we can close out on five games in this next game. Right. You know, and I just want to quickly
0: rave about this heat defense because it's been so amazing this season. I mean, well, this season for sure, but definitely the series as well. Because, you know, one quote that stood out to me from Trey Young that he said during that press conference was that he hasn't been guarded this consistently since his high school days. And that just shows like how gifted this heat defense is. And I feel like we don't really see much of that praise now because I feel like a lot of that praise has been going to the Celtics recently, especially seeing the way how they've been taking care of KD and all that. And, like, don't get me wrong, they deserve that praise, of course, because they've been doing a great job. But, you know, I feel like people don't really still give Miami enough praise for it. You know, we don't – like, and you know what? It's not really new news that Miami isn't getting that attention from the media or anything. But, you know, it's such a shame when you see the Heat's defense do such great work. You know, one of my favorite plays during that game was you had – pj who was guarding um trey at first and then on that first switch he ends up guarding them which is even a worse person to have guard you and then after that he tries to go for an easier option but then when that next switch comes he's being guarded by jimmy it's like this man was literally in hell throughout that whole possession like he could not find anyone easy to guard even after all of those switches and it just shows how much defensive weapons this team has. And you know what? I just, a lot of praise goes to Spo because, like I said in other pods, for him to have all of these weapons, I think that's such a scary thing because for a bright mind like him to be able to know how to utilize some of these players is such a huge deal. And he's using these weapons to their best advantage possible. So overall, you know, I'm looking back at this game and you can't help but be pleased, not only the fact that they limited traded nine points, but the fact that we were able to blow the Hawks out. And like, I know, you know, last pod, we brought up the idea of, you know, Heat fans chanting, let's go Heat in the middle of the game. But, you know, it was just so beautiful to see it go down because... Come on, like let's go heat chance in the middle of a playoff game. I don't care if it's a blowout or not. Like, I think that's one of the main things that Hawks fans got to be, not Hawks fans, but Hawks players got to be ashamed about because that's your home court. And you got these fans in a pivotal game four for you guys chanting, Let's go heat. Like, that's got to thing. And, you know, and by the way, shout outs to, I guess, Heat legend Denzel Washington. Um, if you guys didn't see, he apparently had some word of advice for the Heat heading into this game four. So it was great to see him be there and support the team as well. Like it's just been an interesting season for the Heat now that you add that to the mix. But, you know, when you're looking back at this game, though, I mean, what else could you ask for, right? And let's keep this game combo going on because. Next up, I think that's time that we talk about how this game four was a lot different than game three. And, you know, one obvious difference is the fact that the outcome was different, you know. But aside from that, you know, when you look back at this last game and what the Heat did in game three, like what improvements do you guys believe the Heat made to make sure that they would bounce back this time? Let's start off with you, Kevin.
1: Um, I just think they had a better shot selection and they contained the other guys around Trey Young. because I think, you know, you can live with Trey Young scoring, um, but if you're letting the other guys go off, like, you know, DeAndre Hunter played pretty good in the first half, but he was quiet in the second half. Kevin Herter was kind of quiet. You know, Bogdanovich had a big-time game in game three. He didn't do that much. You know what I'm saying? So if you can just limit the other guys, you know, and they did that to a T, and really they put Trey in a whole bunch of tough situations, which they've been doing this entire series. And that's just the biggest thing. I don't really think, like, it's no one adjustment at this point in time because, honestly, they've been executing their game plan to a T. And that's why I've been really happy with this because I just think we're clearly the better team. You know what I'm saying? We have more dogs. We got more options on offense. Our defense is one of the best in the league, as we've already mentioned. So, um, really, it's just about, you know, getting your offense together. I think that's probably the biggest concern we can have as Heat fans right now is just getting – consistent, you know, production out of guys like Bam and Tyler Hero and, you know, eventually Victor Oladipo. So um, overall, I was happy. Um, I don't really have any complaints. Again, I just like to see more guys get up shots. You know, Caleb Martin, I'd like to see get a few more shots. So he was kind of broken a little bit, but, you know, once he's seen one go in, he started to, you know, get a little boost of confidence. So um, I like what I saw. I thought they made all the proper adjustments and they just, you know, completely just took the confidence in life in heart and spirit out of not just the Hawks, but their entire fan base that was inside of State Farm Arena. I love that last statement because that's exactly
0: what happened. You know, when you look back at this game, one thing that we'll look back at before the series even took place, a lot of people were simply claiming that the Hawks could upset the Heat because they felt that the Hawks had the better player in trade, you know. And honestly, that's honestly a bit of a disrespect to Jimmy. And it shows how much crazy, like, recency bias is because, you know, okay, obviously Trey is coming off a great playoff run last season, making it all the way to the conference finals, being only two wins away from making it to the finals overall. And then you had Jimmy going through the tough playoff run he had last season. And, you know, they, I feel like fans and, you know, the media looked at those two things and that's what immediately caused them to be like okay so yeah trey is obviously the better player in this and you know and you still have the people who still like to overlook what jimmy did in the finals a couple of seasons ago because oh it was in the bubble blah 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 and you still have people who like to disrespect jimmy by talking about how whenever he plays good he's playing like bubble jimmy like nah like this is just jimmy like he's just that good of a player He's not just, you know, like why do we have to refer to Jimmy being a hooper as Bubble Jimmy? You know, it's freaking ridiculous at this point. And overall, to to see the Hawks fans be crushed, I mean, you know, to any Hawks fans who are listening to this, shout-outs to y'all for even wanting to tune into this. But for all that smack that was being talked about, how Trae Young going to do this, Trae Young going to do that, and then there was not one but two games where – Kevin Friggin Knox ended up having more points than him. He had like two more points than him in game one and had like, I think, three more points than him in this pat in this last game. Like it's just insane to think about. And obviously that goes back to how insane the Heat defense has been. But you know, overall, you just gotta feel good if you're the Heat. And obviously, they took that L in game three to heart and they just came back and they were ready to destroy whatever they had to destroy just to get that 3-1 lead. And, like, Christian, how about you?
2: It was just such a great win. I mean, if we look back at game two, same dagger from the same spot that Jimmy Butler hit against Atlanta uh, was really the same shot that he took at the end of game in game three. So he was one dagger shot away from completely ending Atlanta in game three, and Miami would have had a 3-0 series lead because they only won by one point. But I just look at the shooting percentages. I think Miami in game three, Jimmy Butler might have gotten a little bit too cocky, and you know he started taking less than effective shots. I think that when Jimmy played in games two and four, when he was scoring high volume, he was A, getting out in transition and getting the smart buckets, and B, he wasn't really forcing the ball. He was more so letting the game come to him because the best players, while the offense runs through them, If you're letting the game come to you and you're getting your shots while you're open and you exploit your matchups on the offensive end and score easier, that's how you're going to have really efficient nights where you score a lot on great shooting percentages. So 36 points is a great amount of points for Jimmy to score. I mean, he's scoring better than KD in the playoffs, and I don't know if anyone, anyone would think that players would be scoring better than KD, but the Celtics defense has just done such a great job at making sure that every shot's difficult for him. So I think that Miami's doing a great job at moving the ball, finding the open guy. And when Jimmy needs to step up, he's there, you know, he's making the shots. So it was just a, in general, like not a great shooting night for Miami in game three. And yet they only lost by one point. So it makes sense when Miami brings up their shooting percentages and they keep an eye on Trey young and they guard him tight that the Hawks are just going to get blown out and they got blown off the floor. That's what happened. So when DeAndre Hunter has the most points on the team, that's like for the Nets, Bruce Brown having the most points and KD only having uh, points totals in the teens. So I think it was a great job by Jimmy the Miami Heat exploiting their matchups, working harder on the defensive end, forcing five turnovers out of Trey Young, who has the ball in his hands most of the time, and just keeping their foot on that gas pedal. You know, they didn't let up. You know, I think that they were just kind of playing then like they were the ones down 2-1. And that's the mentality they got to have. Whatever Denzel Washington said to them in the locker room must have really helped them sort of conceptualize because Miami scored the same amount of points as they did last game. The difference is now is that they were just clamping down on the defensive end, keeping the ball out of Trey's hands. If he had to shoot it, it was going to be a bad shot. And if he had the ball and he wanted to shoot it, they were just going to make sure that he didn't. Ball deny, He only took 11 shots and 10 of those were three-pointers. So on the defensive end, Miami absolutely stepped up. And of course, Jimmy had another great game, which when you have those two things going for you, Jimmy scoring 30 plus and a great defensive effort, it's going to
1: be really hard to beat Miami.
2: Mm-hmm. And I know, Kevin,
0: you got something you want to add?
1: Yeah, I just want to say, like, I know, you know, a lot of people love to just, when they talk about Jimmy, Butler, they love to bring up the bubble because he had such a great run and it was successful and all this. And he led the team to the finals. But like, Jimmy Butler has had big-time playoff moments long before the bubble was even a thing. Like, if you go back to 2019 when he was in Philly, like, that team had no chance at beating the Toronto Raptors without Jimmy Butler. The only reason that series went to seven games was because of Jimmy Butler. You go back to when he was in, you know, Minnesota the year previous to that or before that, they literally got to the playoffs for the first time since, I, like, I don't even remember, since I was, like, five years old. It was a long time since they had Kevin, Kevin Garnett. So, like, Jimmy's been doing this. Even with the Bulls, he has some big-time playoff moments, so... He's a special player. And I know, like, the Hawks, in my opinion, the Hawks overachieved last year because, you know, they beat a Knicks team that, you know, it's the Knicks, whatever. Then they beat Philly. I never took Philly as a serious contender. I still don't to this day. So, like, it is what it is. I honestly think the most impressive thing about the Hawks' run last year was that they took the Bucs to, what, six games? Like, I think that was the best part of the run because the Bucs obviously went on to win the entire thing. So, like, I understand where people are coming from, but, like, if we're being honest, like, The Hawks are never going to be real contenders until they get a second star around Trey Young. And you're seeing that is very evident in the series against us. So I just wanted to put that out there. Right. And is is there anything
0: that you want to add to the table, Christian?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's an
2: unfair comparison to just keep on comparing any of Jimmy's achievements throughout his career to that bubble run. I mean, it was sensational the way that he dropped that triple-double in the finals. It was a great, great, you know scenario for the Miami Heat, but it had nothing to do with being in the bubble. It's that the Miami Heat are an excellent basketball team and they were playing good team basketball. And now that you have that Kyle Lowry figure to be distributing the ball, making easier shots for everyone, it's just going to be a more cohesive team. So I also think it's the fact that, you know, really great players in the NBA, they let the game come to them. And I think it's with the shot selection that they're taking, they're going to take more open shots. They're going to be able to get open more. And if letting the game come to them is something like a Giannis Antetokounmpo driving on a six 6'5 guard and dunking it, then yeah, that's that's his game. It's coming to him. It's not like he's being guarded by a six 6'5 guard. So when Jimmy's on the defensive end and he's just getting four steals, you know, that's, that's a great number of steals to get. Or he's on the offensive end in transition after those steals, getting the dunks, getting the plays that really put points on the board. That's what being a good basketball player is, you know, it's not about forcing the shots or going into one-on-one or shooting over the double team. You know, you know, we, we kind of love those players that are able to score in double team situations. But I think that as we watch these playoffs unfold, we see that there are teams that move the ball better, that look better. Overall, the golden state warriors look fantastic right now because they have amazing shooters on the outside and they have great ball movement. A team like Brooklyn who people had slated to win it all at some point, They don't move the ball. They play a lot of ISO heavy ball and they're getting punished for it on the defensive end. Now we go to Miami and they're moving the ball great. In game three, I'd say that was probably like the worst game for them to be moving the ball and they only lost by one. But the fact that they have, I think a bonafide start, I think this, this Jimmy's sort of like actual like pop out, you know, this playoff season to show that, yeah, the bubble wasn't a fluke. It's what we've been saying all along as Miami fans. And now we can see it. So I think that it's just great to see Jimmy taking that authoritative role, leading the offense, and just more so letting the game come to him and being a great teammate as opposed to just forcing everything up and, you know, not really letting the game come to him. Mm -hmm. And honestly,
0: I don't want to continue going on a rant when we talk about Jimmy. Overall, just overall, I guess you could say message from all this is just respect Jimmy Butler. I mean, like like I said earlier – I mean, come on. He's going back to what he was in the bubble. You know, Kevin, you brought up a really good point. Like, look back in in that series between Philly and Toronto. I mean, Jimmy was literally the reason why the Sixers were still in it, especially in that Game 7 leading up to that Kawhi shot. Overall, like, Jimmy has been that type of guy, and He's just been doing such a great job for this Heat team, even when you got guys like Bam and Tyler who've been struggling somewhat during this series so far. So overall, just spread the word. Let's make it a trend on Twitter at this point. Hashtag respect Jimmy Butler. I know they already got the hashtag. Well, not a hashtag, but I've been seeing it trending a bit. Jimmy was right when referring to how Karl-Anthony Towns has been struggling in this Timberwolves-Grizzlies series. So let's make respect Jimmy Butler a new trend as well. So if you're listening to this, just hop on Twitter, Insta, whatever social media platform you got, and just make that a thing. Respect Jimmy Butler. Anyways, let's keep the Jimmy Butler propaganda going because it's time for our Heat Muse stat of the week. And before we get into it, make sure to follow Heat Muse on Twitter for all Miami Heat stats. His handle is Heat M-U-S-E. Anyways, Jimmy Butler had himself another game as he ended up having this for the stat line. 36 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists four steals, and zero turnovers. This is his third 35-10 playoff game with the Heat, tying him with Dwayne Wade. The only Heat player to have more of these games than Jimmy would be none other than LeBron James, who had five. With all that being said, what do you guys make of this stat? And could we possibly see Jimmy hold this franchise record as this playoff run continues?
2: Give us your thoughts, Christian. I have to say I was first surprised at hearing the stat that LeBron only had five of those in Miami because it seemed like he had a lot more. He played at least 16 games every postseason because he was just killing it. Then once the finals four straight times uh, with Miami. So the fact that he only had five, 35 plus and 10 plus games is surprising. But, you know, he was with the big three. D. Wade and Bosh also did contribute. But I can see Jimmy Butler being that guy. And I can see him breaking it this postseason run. I don't see any reason why in the next couple of series, if Jimmy Butler doesn't have you know at least one or two more, 35 and 10 games. So he's just been great overall for Miami, and I think that this next game, there's a good chance he could go 35 and 10. And even in the next series, I think that Miami's more likely than not going to be playing um, Philadelphia. So it's just going to be really good to see him go up against his old team and show him, like, this is what you were missing. Like, this is why I left. So I'm definitely excited to see what Jimmy Butler can do. And I think that there's very little doubt in my mind that he is capable of breaking that. I don't know if that's going to put him as far as in the rankings of, like, all-time heat just yet. I think there is some hardware required. He might have to bring home the mantle for him to be considered one of the all-time heat players. But I think as of right now, he might just be cracking the top 10, especially if he gets that record.
0: Right. And it's a great point you brought up in the fact that he's going to have the opportunity to play against his former team in the next round. You know, um, as of right now, nothing's been confirmed yet as this pod is being recorded for those who are listening Um, tonight for us, Sixers and Raptors will be playing. So we'll see what happens. I honestly want the Raptors to win tonight just so if the Heat end up beating the Hawks this upcoming game, that will give us more rest. But assuming that the Heat do end up playing Philly, you know, a lot went down in that offseason. Like, I think you had the fact that it seemed like Philly chose Brett Brown, of all people, over Jimmy Buckets. And then you have the fact that they basically paid what should have been Jimmy's money to Al Horford and Tobias Harris. So, overall their stupidity is what led to our success if you think about it because all of that stuff that they did led to jimmy coming to miami and helping him get established with that heat culture and leading us to that success we've had since then so i cannot wait for that potential series and kevin what about
1: you yeah man um Jimmy Butler's just that guy and again I don't want to brag too much on myself but like I said it on the show before like he doesn't showcase everything in the regular season like everybody's always talking about like oh Jimmy Butler like when he get his three-point shot like he doesn't care about his three-point shot like that in the regular season because he's coasting and he's trying to not just build championship habits but he's trying to build confidence into his younger guys like Dave Vincent and the Caleb Martins and guys like that and Tyler Hero and we've seen it consistently like same thing that happened in the bubble when he was first with the heat like he was whatever from the three-point line the regular season and then he turned up in the playoffs and that's just what the good players do they they get better come playoff time and he's just a dog like he does everything that you want him to um a lot of people don't really appreciate his game because it's not the it's not the most um prettiest looking game like obviously you know he, he doesn't it's not the most aesthetically pleasing game but it gets the job done you know he gets stops he locks down on defense. He can guard pretty much any position one through five. And on the other end, he can get buckets from anywhere. He does get to the rack a lot. He does get to the free throw line and get some points there, but he earns it. He goes in into the defender's chest and he creates contact because, like, if you're a defender, like if someone's hitting you, which Jimmy Butler does, like the natural human instinct is to hit them back. And that's why he draws so many and ones and fouls. And like he's just so tough. And, and that's the type of leader that you want on your team. And anybody that doesn't. I really consider if they want to win a championship or not. Cause I think you can win a championship with Jimmy Butler being your number one guy. A lot of people question it, but he's that dude. And again, like he can just take over whenever he wanted to. We've seen in the second quarter of this game four, um, he just dominated everybody um, and they had to get out the way. And he said, I- I'll just, ISO. I'll take it from here and I'll handle business. And like, like Christian mentioned too, like the best thing that he does is that he doesn't force shots that much. Like sometimes he does, but, he really plays through the flow of the offense. Like it, like that play that, you know, bam through that backdoor pass to Oladipo and then, you know, Jimmy cut through the baseline and dunked it, like, that's what he does. You know what I'm saying? He gets a lot of buckets, you know, just moving off the ball and finding the open spots on the court and on the floor. And he makes the most of that. And so he's a special player. Again, he's been doing this for a very, very long time. A lot of people like to deny his talent because again, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing, but it does indeed get the job done. And then when, he, when you need him the most, He's always going to rise to the occasion. So, you know, even though he missed, you know, a couple of tough shots at the end of game three, he came back and left his mark, you know, in game four. And that's what good players do. If you have a bad game or you struggle, he didn't have a bad game, but he just, you know, he kind of took some bad shots. He kind of waited too long um, in the shot clock to to try and get a shot off. But, you know, the good players, they bounce back, they respond. And that's exactly what Jimmy did. And again, I, I can't say it enough. He's that dude. Like people don't appreciate him, but he 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 is what you want out of a leader, out of your star player, out of your max contract player, because you know every single time he's on the floor, he's going 110% each and every single second that he's on the floor. He's just a hell of a leader. Like, you know, you hear the media talk about him and say that he's this bad guy and villain and blase, blase, but at the end of the day, you could tell that this Heat team loves him. Like like Christian mentioned earlier, they, they tell him to be more aggressive. And I think, you know, at their best, the Heat are at their best when Jimmy Butler is being aggressive. So... I love it. I think the team loves it. I think Spo loves it. And that's how we're going to win games in the playoffs and and continue to advance is off the back of Jimmy Butler. You need your best players to be the best player on the court when it's needed most. And so far, he's done that. Amen. And I know you want to add, Christian?
2: Yeah, I just have to applaud Jimmy because I think part of it is he's just so unapologetically himself. Like Jimmy's not afraid to be who he is, whether that's on the court, whether that's with his teammates, he's real. He's just very South Beach culture, which is great because he's kind of just been indoctrinated into this Miami culture. I think it's allowed Jimmy to really kind of reach or get closer to his potential as a basketball player. And I just think that his personality, his swag, the way that he moves on and off the floor, that's the the makings of a superstar. I mean, I I look at, at Jimmy and I think that his greatest skill isn't really on the offensive end. It's on the defensive end. It's really being tough, getting in people's heads, uh, forcing turnovers, getting the ball, like loose balls, transition game. But then a lot of his game as well is just the confidence he has because he believes in himself. So I think that a lot of basketball, aside from the skill, is just the confidence. So he has the confidence to be taking those shots, to be taking players one-on-one, to be operating the offense and moving it around. So even in a game without Kyle Lowry, he was able to get great shots off score 36 and 10 and really just lead Miami to this three, one lead. So, you know, it's going to be crazy to see him even in the next series. Just, I I just can't imagine, you know, how great he can play. So I think it's just a great sign for him. It's a great start. And I don't think Jimmy's anywhere close to being finished. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you just can't wait to see what happens
0: because You know, after the bubble, you know, we were hoping to see that revenge tour last season. But unfortunately, the fatigue got to Jimmy and the rest of the team. So the fact that we're finally, you know, most likely going to see that revenge tour come this postseason, you can't be any more excited. And honestly, I cannot wait to see what Jimmy's going to do. You know, we've already seen some greatness in these past couple games. Whether if it was that forty-five points he had in Game Two, or what he did last night, you know, having thirty-six and ten, you just can't wait to see what Jimmy G buckets is going to do next. And you know, while it's fun to continue to praise Jimmy, because like I said, and like you said, Kevin, he's that dude. You know, I do want to talk about another player, someone who really hasn't played much since his return, but you know, last this last game, it seems like he did have a major impact and that guy is none other than Victor Oladipo because he finally got to see playoff minutes for the heat being on the court for 23 minutes during this game four. And although he only had six points, His presence was felt on both ends of the court while being a plus 28 for Miami. Now, considering the fact that it wasn't even certain if Oladipo would get any playtime, like how did it feel for you guys getting to see Victor play important minutes for the Heat in this pivotal game for it? We'll
2: start off with you, Christian. It was amazing to watch him play. I think at the beginning of uh, this playoff run, I was kind of anticipating Oladipo actually getting minutes in the first couple of games this series. But, you know, unfortunately, Kyle Lowry had that hamstring tightness. So uh, Oladipo had to step up. But after watching him in that Orlando game, you could tell that Oladipo still got it. So I think that as far as the box score and the points you're scoring, it doesn't tell the whole story. I think that when you're talking about a player's effect on the floor, the plus minus is probably the best indicator. Because if someone scores three points, but their plus minus is like 28 or something insane like 30, then you just understand that their net effect is more than what they're providing in the box score so he had an excellent plus minus of 28 and he played uh 23 minutes it was great to see him play you know uh he was taking shots too it's not like he wasn't shooting you know he wasn't really maybe he didn't have his legs under him he didn't have like any like uh game experience since the last game of the season you know he was three of 10, 0 of 10, five from three but he still was a plus 28 which is excellent so that means moving the ball you know playing great on the defensive end and it was just a joy to watch him and i think that because i think kyle lowry was listed out for game five we're gonna see oladipo take an even bigger uh step towards minutes in the next game
0: right and i just gotta say like shout out for victor you know to play with your arch nemesis jimmy butler i mean it was even confirmed during the press conference last night that jimmy and vic they have their beef you know like they're really going at it so the fact that two bitter enemies like them can put all that hatred aside and still you know rack up these w's in this playoff series against atlanta like it just shows that you know two legends can indeed coexist so you know shout outs to them for putting that beef aside and um kevin what's on your
1: mind yeah man um again i mentioned this a couple weeks ago like we need Victor Oladipo to play because the thing that he brings to this team is that he's able, him and Jimmy are the only ones that can consistently get to the rim of dribble penetration. Everybody else from Duncan to Max to Caleb to Tyler, they're shooters. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's part of the reason that we lost game three is that we just rely on the three ball a little bit too much. You know, even Gabe Vincent, he, his first shot is to shoot threes. But when you have a dude like that that can just create off the dribble, it's so important, man, because you make the defense play honest and you have to, you know, crash and try and guard it. And so, like, when you do that, it also gives you more space for your shooters to shoot the ball and and get easier looks. And that's why I loved it. Like, even though he didn't shoot the ball the greatest, like you mentioned, like, I don't mind that because I want him to keep being aggressive. And he has to get in a rhythm and a flow because he hasn't played in the playoffs in a few years. So you want him to do that. But, again, just his dribble penetration – is so, so important, man. I can't even say it enough. Like, that one possession where um, I think it was probably like six seconds, maybe five seconds left on the shot clock, I was so glad that Spo gave him the ball because Spo knew that he can get to the rim in that amount of time. He took it, you know, dang near the entire, you know, floor of the court, and that's exactly what happened. He got the tough layup and he scored it, and, you know, we were right back on defense. But that's just – it's important to have somebody that can get to the rim, man. You know, Jimmy, even – even Jimmy, like, he can get to the rim, but sometimes – You know, he has to bully his way there. Victor has a very, you know, finesse to his game and elegance to his stride that, you know, it's it's hard to guard him. And he's so good. He's always been good at his change of pace, you know, his ability to accelerate and decelerate. And that's important, man. It's so, again, especially on this team that has so many shooters, you need that. Like, it's important. That's why I think, you know, as we get further and further into the playoffs, you got to play him more because you've seen, like, when he came into the game, the entire game flipped. Like, obviously, Jimmy was a big part of that, but his defensive instincts, you know, his ability to go into the, you know, glass and crash the boards. He has some big time rebounds too. Like he does a little bit of everything, man. That's what I love about his game is that even though he's had some major injuries, he's still fighting. You know what I'm saying? That's a lot of dudes that if they had some of the injuries he w- he went through, their careers probably would have been over with if we're being a hundred. So like, I'm just glad he's still doing it at this level. And again, I just think the more he plays, the more he's going to get better and the better he's going to help this team and the, the closer this team is going to be to achieving their ultimate goal of winning a championship. And that's why I just love everything about Oladipo, because he's just an important player. And he's a high energy dude. And the, you can tell the team likes having him around. So um, I was super happy to see it because I, I said it like they were going to have to play him eventually and they threw him in there. and He made the most of it. And again, the game flipped the moment they put him in that second quarter. And I was glad to see it. It sucks that obviously, you know, it came in a situation where Kyle's dealing with an injury and we're hoping Kyle can get back, you know, soon and heal up that hamstring. But again, like, this is why we have, in my opinion, the best depth in the league. And it showed in this game. And Vic Depot for that to be, you know, technically what, like your third string point guard or, you know, your third string shooting guard, whatever you want to label him as, that's a huge luxury to have. So it was just super dope to see Vic come in and make the most of his opportunity, And his teammates are clearly happy for him. And I I think we should be happy for him too.
0: I agree. And like one thing for me that I constantly stress in these past episodes is that what I love about our players is that, you know, they can go games without playing. But the second that their name is called and it's time for them to head into the game, like, they're going to be ready for it. And that was exactly the scenario for Victor. You know, like, his last game was that last game of the regular season against Orlando. And after that, you know, we didn't see him play in these first three games. But come game four, both said it was time to hop in there. And he went out and he did his thing. Now, like I said... He didn't really have, like, a masterclass of a game. If you look at, oh, he only had six points and stuff. But who cares, you know? Like, he went out there, and he played great. You know, when you look at the stats, specifically that plus 28, and then you look at the fact that Miami literally went on that monster run in the second quarter, the second he came in. And that just shows how guys like him can go in there and make an impact them second their name is called and overall it's just great to see for Victor um now how much minutes will he get specifically when Kyle comes back you know we don't know but overall it's just great to see him you know going out there and showing that no matter how much games he sits out no matter how much minutes he gets he's still gonna have a massive impact He's still going to play some of the best ball we've yet seen from him and It's just something beautiful to see. And I just because for me personally, and I think for a lot of fans out there, you want to see Victor, you know, get better. You want to see him doubt the people that think he still can't be that good of a player that he once was before all these injuries happened. So I really hope, you know, I want everyone on this team to succeed, but especially Victor, because I know he has much left in that tank. And we only saw part of that in this game four. So shout outs to Victor. And I can't wait to see what's in store for him come this postseason. Anyways, we talked so much about this past game that it's only right that we look into the future and discuss game five for the Heat and still be returning to Miami with the hopes of closing out their first playoff series at the FTX Arena since 2016. The last time, the last team they beat, you know, in the FTX Arena to close the series out was the Hornets in seven to win that game, to win that series. So with that in mind, like, along with that and the fact that Miami is going to have to play another game without Kyle, like, what's everyone's expectations as the Heat try to advance to the second round? You're up first, Kevin.
1: Oh, man. um, I think I kind of mentioned it when it comes to Ola Depot. Like, I want to see people just attack the rim a, a little bit more, man. Like, I just think it, like, I can't overstress how important that is. And, you know, at home, obviously, because we're so accustomed to playing there, you know, everybody pretty much shoots the ball well, but getting into that lane and just forcing, you know, the defense to drop and, and play and help and recover and rotate. I think that would help out this team a lot. Like if Gabe Vincent can get into the lane a little bit, you know, Tyler Hero can be a little bit more aggressive. I think that's a big thing too, is I want to see Tyler Hero be aggressive and not just, you know, taking his shots that he loves to take because we all know, you know, he loves to put up shots, but like, you know, make, make plays, you know what I'm saying? Don't just settle for like them tough mid-range shots, like try and get into that lane, shoot the floater sometimes. I know he has that in his bag, like it's different things to go about. And I think like as much as we need to focus on winning this game, you should also try and build better habits to get ready, you know, for the next round, you know what I'm saying? And not that you should look forward and just, you know, look past the Atlanta Hawks because you still got to close it out, but it's all about, you know, building championship habits. Even though we're in the playoffs and, you know, you're supposed to be set and everything that you do, it's always room for improvement. We all know that. And so I think, you know, just being aggressive, you know, getting Tyler Hero more involved, you know, letting him see the ball go through the hoop a little bit more because, you know, he's been okay in this series. I wouldn't say he's been, you know, his sixth man a year version of himself, but he's been, you know, pretty decent at the best. And so I think, you know, it's still another level in his game that he could take it to. And I think he is a dude that, like Oladipo, we're going to need him, you know, to be getting in buckets as we get further and further into the playoffs. So I'd just like to see us, you know, still take threes, but I'd like to see us take threes off dribble penetration first and not just settle for the first, you know, three or first look that we get. So I think, you know, again, attacking the rim, you know, getting Tyler Hero established. Another thing too is is get Bam some shots. You know what I'm saying? I think Bam, you know, he does so much dirty work for us that I think he deserves some type of looks. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's just off the pick and roll or offensive rebounds, or even sometimes that, that mid-range jumper that he loves to take from the free throw line, like get Bam established. You know what I'm saying? Let Bam also, just like Tyler, see the ball go to the rim because that is going to help us out a lot as we continue to go deeper and deeper into the playoffs. So um, I just say get our young core, more shots, stay aggressive, and you know just continue playing the same defense we've been playing all series. I think we should be fine. And we should ultimately end up getting better because of it.
0: Right. And how about you, Christian?
1: I think that getting Bam
2: more involved, especially with Lowry on the bench, is going to be a big key to uh, Miami's success in this next game. They're doing a great job of just handling Trey. So that has to stay up, too. But if you have Jimmy perform even, you know, a 20-point game or so, uh, we just need to make sure that there's that Miami player that steps up you know was Duncan Robinson for a game Tyler Hero had a game where he had 24 you know Jimmy had 45 I think Miami has that potential for there are a couple of players that could really just go off for 30 points you know at any given time in the lineup so as long as Miami is really keeping up the effort on the defensive end still chasing after loose balls forcing turnovers that's going to be their key to success it doesn't really matter because uh, on the offensive end we know someone's probably going to score at least 25 points, whether that's either Tyler or Jimmy or Bam or Struess or maybe even a player that I haven't listed. Maybe Ola Deeper is going to come out and he's going to score 25. So that's what we've just been seeing with this Miami Heat offense, especially at home in the FTX arena. You know, the fans are going to be loud. They're going to get crazy. Pippos is going to play at least five times throughout the game. So Miami's definitely going to see uh, a great opportunity to close out this series at home. And I think that they're definitely going to be ready to be looking on to the next one after tomorrow night.
0: I agree. And, you know, I can't wait for those PIPAs because, you know, like I said, it's been six long years since we've last been able to celebrate the Heat closing a series at home. You know, So with all that in mind, I expect the Heat to go out there, you know, be the beast. They've been on the defensive end all game take care of business and just give Heat fans something to celebrate at home, something that they haven't celebrated since Obama was still in office. And with that being said, I expect it to be another blowout win for Miami. Send the Hawks to Cancun and just get ready for that second round series, which will most likely be against Philly. And you know that's basically all there, that's basically all there is you can say about that. And overall, I just can't wait to see what happens this next game. Hopefully Toronto can win tonight against Philly, so we could just extend whatever rest Miami could end up getting, assuming that they do end up closing this series come game five. And after that, we'll just work from there. You know, overall, you know, thank you all for listening to today's episode. We talked so much. And before we close it out, you know, just make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram at hbtw podcast while checking out our website at hbtw that way you can still have access to 24 7 miami heat content even when we're not recording a new episode also we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode because we'll be recording a new episode after every playoff win for the heat meaning that if God is willing, we'll have at least 13 more episodes to post before we officially wrap up season two of Heat vs. The World. Anyways, thank you to Kristen and Kevin for hopping on today's episode. We were a bit short-handed, but we still got the job done. So shout out to you guys. And thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. And we'll see you guys soon with another episode. Hit my music because
2: we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.